You're listening to The Brave Yes, the show where we explore the many brave yes leaps that heart-centered, passionate women must make in order to show up in this world more fully as you, without apology. I'm your host, Sean Fink, a life and leadership coach for women who are ready to get to work on their next Brave Yes journey. And just a little reminder that this show is brought to you by the Rise Stronger 7-Day Challenge, a free resilience and well-being challenge to help you get ready for your next brave yes. Head over to seanfink.com and sign up. Sometimes we find ourselves facing one brave yes moment at a time, if we're lucky. But often, we may find ourselves facing more than one brave yes leap at the same time. That is exactly what happened for my Brave Yes Voices guest today. Jennifer Foxworthy found herself mired in two very challenging and exciting Brave Yes moments. The first Brave Yes, choosing to become one of the first Black women in a very demanding and rigorous military unit, and tackling the racism and sexism that unfolded with that while at the same time deciding, thankfully, to leave an abusive relationship at home. Oh, and she was deployed during some of this time as well. You have to hear Jennifer's really inspiring story. Stick around. All right. Hello, everyone. I am super excited for my guest today. Her name is Jennifer Foxworthy. Jennifer served our country proudly for 21 and a half, roughly, years. She's a retired U.S. Navy veteran and who has pursued her second career as the founder and CEO of Inspirationally Speaking and the founder and CEO of Unstoppable You Ministries. Welcome, Jennifer. I am so happy to have you here for your Brave Yes conversation. I am truly humbled and honored, Sean. Thank you for inviting me. It is a pleasure. You're such a a, a light. Uh, just looking at you, you're just a light for my day. So thank you. I love to start out every episode. Um, it's it's kind of a surprise as we get started in this first series. I like to channel the great mystic Howard Thurman and ask you, given the state of the world, how is it with your soul today? It is well with my soul um, because I know that there is greater beyond what we're seeing. And to and that's where our resilience comes into play. So even though the world may be a little chaotic, I'm resilient and I just truly believe in the bigger picture um, as a believer. Mm, beautiful. Yes. Hope in that for sure. Absolutely. Well, thank you again. This show is called The Brave Yes, as you know, and we explore the many brave yeses women can make and sometimes should make in order to show up more fully in the world as themselves. And that is a perfect example of your story. And so I want to get into your brave yes journey. And to do that, I want to start at the beginning, um, which is always the fun part and also the more vulnerable part, because this is where we talk about that life before your brave yes. And I eventually want you to, after you explain what was going on for you in your life, 
I also want you to talk about that sort of catalyst moment for you that led you to finally take that brave yes leap. And in fact, you're going to talk about two of them. Um, so, you know, what was happening for you prior? How are you feeling? Um, and feel free to, to tell uh, the audience what your brave yeses were um, so that you can give a little context. Okay. Um, so my uh, brave yes, as a young girl, you know, growing up in uh, poverty and, you know, born and raised in York, Pennsylvania, uh, the reality around me was not the greatest, but I knew that I had potential to do great things. And I just believed in my, that potential. And it stuck with me as a young girl. And I experienced many things, uh, low self-esteem, bullying, and the economical um, challenges. Found myself in poor relationships, navigated my way into the military. So even in 10th grade, I knew that I wanted to go into the Navy. So I think if I'm going to express the feeling, I think it was determined that I did not want to be a negative statistic when I look at uh, my neighborhood and the people that I hung around or saw. It wasn't all positive. And I knew in order for me to do bigger and better things, I needed to lead that environment. So if I can encourage your audience on anything, Sometimes you have to pick yourself up and place yourself in a whole different environment and able to grow. It's like a farmer who's planting something, you know, okay, the soil is not right. The lighting is not right. You're not getting enough water. Okay, well, let me uproot you and take you somewhere else. Sometimes it's not you. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> right? <laughs> Absolutely. We talked yeah. about this earlier with our networks and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, so my brave yes was, you know, navigating into the military after four years, I made the decision be to become a Naval air crew. And that is like a step below your Navy SEALs. It, it involves a lot of swimming, running, uh, learning to live off of the land. There's always opportunities when you're flying in airplanes and in combat missions, which I flew you could end up behind enemy lines or crash in the water and you have to learn how to survive. That's what that training is all about, surviving. And I remember one time there was a swimming evolution during this training that I struggled with. It was, you had to swim a mile in like less than six, 70 minutes. And they just throw all of us in a pool and you go at it and you couldn't touch the bottom either. You couldn't stop. It was a continuous swim. And I didn't finish in the allotted time and went on remedial. And I tried and I tried, I worked and I observed and I asked questions. And I had a the swimming and the swim instructor tell me that as a woman, as a black woman, my body type prevented me to swim like the uh, my other counterparts. And I used his words as fuel. And I kept at it. And when it was time for me to test again, 
I swam that mile in under 68 minutes. So that is a brave yes to say, I'm not going to let you put me in a small stereotypical box just to make you feel comfortable. I'm going to say yes to my career, yes to my potential, yes to my vision, and I'm going to put the sweat equity in that hard work. And although I didn't act out of sorts when he said this, I just kept it in my mind and channeled it in different ways. And I think that is something that we all can do and, and glean from is sometimes you don't have to use your words to counteract someone else's negativity. You use your actions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, beautiful. Do you, um, at that time when you were going through that, I mean, yes, determination, was there something else that inner resource wise that you had to draw upon to, to really push yourself to keep my going? Faith, yeah. my, my faith, absolutely believing in God and uh, just praying and trusting that he didn't bring me this far to let me down or to fail. And also just channeling that, that inner, that warrior, mm. that, yeah, that inner warrior that, I'm going to, I'm going to try. And if it doesn't work out, I'm not going to have any regrets. So I'm going to live with no regrets because life is so short as we know, Sean. And I just want to make a difference. It's about building that legacy. Yeah. So what, what happened as a result of you getting that, you know, swimming that under 68 minutes? They were um, probably surprised because what I learned, Sean, that training, I don't pay attention to skin color. That is just not my, my makeup. To me, we're one race, we're one team, we're one fight. And I didn't realize that I was the, after I graduated that school, I found out that I was the first African-American female to graduate that school, probably in the enlisted ranks in probably about 10 years. And they classed up every week. So there were black women that attempted to get through the schooling, but for one reason or another did not succeed. So I believe that the instructors, based on their experience and what they observed, had this mindset. And then comes Jennifer, this brown-skinned, bubbly, smiling girl, you know, to say, hey, I'm coming after it. <laughs> and I'm not letting anything get in my way. Mm -hmm. So it's that resilience. It's that authenticity. It's the determination and commitment. The Navy Corps values are honor, courage, and commitment. So I... Yeah. I, I held that inside, you know? Yeah. Well, what did that do for your life? Did you, did you, how did it change you as a person overall? Um, I didn't realize until I entered my first Navy squadron, the barriers that I broke and the stereotypical, the stereotypes that 
I crushed. Um, in my 15 years as a Naval Air Crewman, I'm the first in three different Navy squadrons based on my gender and skin color. Mm. And it wasn't, I wasn't always met with open arms, if you can understand what I mean, as far as change is hard to come by when you're working around men or Caucasian men, and they're used to having the airplane to themselves and the behavior, and then comes someone that does not look like them. Yeah, I wasn't completely welcomed with open arms. So I, I dealt with isolation and intimidation and workplace bullying and sabotage. But again, I had to show them my character I didn't act out of sorts or do the chicken neck and cuss and everything else. I learned about the policies, you know, discrimination and, you know, command equal opportunity. I used what was available. I knew that what I was experiencing was wrong. And again, by my actions, that's how I actually won them over. They saw that I was hardworking, that I didn't use my gender uh, to manipulate the situation or my skin color of that I'm entitled to, to get something or have something. I didn't have that victim mindset in a bunch of excuses. Yeah. And I think that's the most important thing that I could encourage people. Mm -hmm. So how do you use that, those experiences now in your life? I use them now in, in, in the same manner, uh, that hard work ethic, that people are going to get quality. They're, they're going to see my integrity. I'm going to be inspiring. I want to be inspired. So I'm going to give what I want to receive. That's what people are going to get. That's what I use now in my personal and professional life, that, that honor, that courage, that commitment. And I think that's what makes me effective when I speak to audiences or anyone or on the podcast and when people are listening or when they cross my path, they know that they're getting something of decency and order. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about what you do for a living. You tell your story. You I go around do. telling your story. I do. And I also draw off my military skills, you know, as far as leadership, team building, um, inclusion, just so many different things. So I'm a motivational speaker. I'm a published author. I have, I'm a dual entrepreneur with two businesses. And I just, I love people. I love helping people, again, see beyond their current reality. And I know that God is not a respecter of person. So if I can do it, I know you can do it. And let me share some of the ways that I was able to overcome. And, you know, how do I help people with that self-awareness, with the self-care, with a healthy sense of self-love? And at one point, and I know we'll probably get into it, I did not have a healthy sense of self-esteem or self-love and that got me into some poor relationships so it was a lot of work a lot of healing and a lot of 
self-exploring, self-reflection. Yeah, I mean, you, you bring up what was going on for you personally when you were in this brave yes moment. So here I'm in this brave yes in the military, um, busting down, you know, like I said, stereotypes and discrimination and being the first of this and first of that. But I also experienced a domestic violence relationship and it happened so gradually, I didn't even realize what I was in because we don't talk about domestic violence or these uncomfortable topics. And when we don't talk about it, we do ourselves, our community, our families a disservice. And it was, you know, his ex-boyfriend, obviously, I'm, I'm married now. So I was never married to him, never had any children, which made the situation a, more amenable or a, a little bit better than many domestic violence victims and survivors having that commitment of children and marriage. But he was a narcissist, had a Napoleon complex. And so I tell people I was dealing with a war on three different fronts. I was dealing with a war on somebody who expressed that they loved me, but mistreated me. A lot of financial, emotional, and mental abuse and physical. I was dealing with workplace uh, a war, trying to fit in prof uh, professionally where I didn't look like my colleagues, and then flying combat missions in three different wars, Kosovo, Afghanistan, and Iraq. So trying to compartmentalize and stay focused in each area. So there was a different Jennifer just in this time frame. Mm. Very uncomfortable. But the brave yes with the abusive relationship, I finally got sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I truly believe that's where change can occur. And I knew that I couldn't change my boyfriend, despite how much I loved him. You know, I wanted to, if I figured if I could love harder and stronger, he would accept and love me the way I wanted him to. But the brave yes was putting me first. Mm -hmm. We miss that so many times. We don't put ourselves first. We put others first. And then we become an empty cup or an empty vessel. And you can't give what you don't have. We're burned out. We're overwhelmed. We're angry. We're bitter. We're frustrated. We isolate. We become depressed. Anxiety. All of those things are negative and are not healthy for our well-being. So when my brave yes was putting me first, because it was either going to be him or me. And I knew that, you know, Jennifer, you, you're, you're too smart. You're, you're, you're independent. You're making your way. Why do you need to stay in this relationship? This is not love. And once I figured all that out, then it was time for me to make my escape to leave that relationship. Mm. And so that's what I did. That was brave. Yes. Was putting me first. Yeah, absolutely. And really in all of the, th in all of your brave yeses, all of them are putting you first. That is absolutely true, Sean. You're right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You're like, I'm going to, I am going to get out of this town. I'm going to be somebody. Mm. Right. And then you're like, I'm going to, I'm going to get through this swimming test. I'm going to make it. Yeah. You're absolutely right. That's very insightful. The brave yes is putting you first. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've yeah. actually used those words before, like in my website. 
the first brave yes that you can make to do any of these things that we want to do, to write the book, to start a business, to change your career, to leaving your marriage, whatever it is, you've got to, you've got to make that first decision. I'm going to put me first, which is hard for women to do. Yes. Hard. Yeah. I love that. Which, which, which role, and it's probably the one that you're in now, but I want to hear you talk about it, feels the most like Jennifer Foxworthy. I love what I'm doing now as a motivational speaker and, and networking and, and just connecting with people. I'm a super extrovert. So you can imagine COVID-19 <laughs> has me feeling a certain way. I yeah. <laughs> just absolutely, no, <laughs> I want to hug everything. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> So, yes. Um, Hugging trees. <laughs> absolutely. So I'm sending virtual hugs even through the laptop, but I love connecting with people. I love engaging. I love them seeing my heart. And I love, especially when I can see the glimmer in their eyes that they have an aha moment or that they get what I'm saying. And I use a lot of my transparent stories or things that I've learned over these years to do my workshops and keynote presentations and realize that um, we learn in different ways. And I'm very uh, visual. I'll have a lot of visual aids in my presentation in order to help the person see, again, to identify their internal and external barriers. If we can get beyond our current reality, and okay, things are not looking great right now. I'm in a horrible relationship where I'm experiencing workplace bullying or I'm flying combat missions and I'm scared and, you know, I got to keep my head focused or I'm about to step out and be an entrepreneur. Whatever the reality is, we have to call out shame, call out guilt, call out um, that fear acknowledge it and then make a strategy to move beyond it. And that's what I do. That is a passion of mine. Well, and your story just lets reminds me and reminds us as women that there is no wasted hardship. Amen. You got that right. Absolutely. I mean, it, it, it's those, you know, those moments are our teachers, right? Those really, really yeah. hard moments. And if we, are smart about it, we will use those hardships to help others get through it as well. I mean, you, you can't go, you can't help others with where you haven't been, right? <laughs> Man, absolutely. There's no testimony without a test. Right. And, you know, um, there's no message without mess. So <laughs> it all can be used in a phenomenal way if you allow it. Yes. But first, you got to get through it. And that's exactly what you did. You were just a determined, strong, inner, you know, that warrior. Absolutely. And I had my faith in God, but I also had a good support system of friends and family that did a, a, a wagon circle, kind of like in the old West. Yeah. You know, you're in the middle and they, they circle the wagon. Mm -hmm. I had that. And I encourage anybody, you need those group of people to circle around you, uplift you, pour into you, and 
I tell people, I've, I heard about this quote, it's anonymous person, but if you're the only one in your circle that's doing the inspiring, then you need a new group of friends <laughs> because we should be inspiring each other. It should yeah. be. Yeah, you, it's th this theme has come up in every interview um, for the Brave Guest Voices series uh, of getting the, it's not just any support, the right support, because you're yeah. right. If, you know, if your group is bringing you down or not helping lift you up, then mm -hmm. it's not the right group. Absolutely. And you can tell, you can feel the difference in your body, right? Like when you're with people, you're, these people feel heavy or, or they make you feel excited and, and, and inspired. Absolutely. Yeah. Your body will hold that tension and it will affect you physically, physically. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, I'm doing a social media series right now uh, called the seven disciplines of intentional living. So I'm on week five and this week is about physical wellness. And when we are not balanced emotionally, mentally, have an issue financially or our occupation. So physically we hold those problems in our body and we'll either start to have irritable bowel syndrome, sleepless nights, the stress, mm -hmm. uh, uncontrollable crying. It is all interrelated. Very much so. Absolutely. So anything else about your Brave Yes story that you want to share or mention that we haven't touched on? Because I know there's a lot of intricate parts to it. I think the one of the most important parts with the Brave Yes is once you decide to say yes, that's one avenue. But then if there's trauma or hardship that was experienced in it, you have to take time to heal mm -hmm. and forgive. How do I not hold on to that resentment from the people who mistreated me or who didn't believe in me? Because that unforgiveness, Nelson Mandela has a quote, resentment is like drinking poison and hoping it kills your enemy. So how do you not drink the poison? I have many reasons to not forgive somebody. And, and we think, well, I'm not going to give you the satisfaction of me forgetting or forgiving. And that'll show you. But in the meantime, that person goes on with their life. <laughs> and that unforgiveness is swallowing us whole and causing us problems. So I encourage your audience, don't. Stop swallowing the poison, make peace with it. And you don't have to reach out to that person physically and say, hey, guess what? It's your lucky day. I'm going to forgive you now. No, that is something you keep between you, your higher power, or however you deal with it. But forgive, forgive yourself of how did I get myself into this? I'm smart, I'm this, I'm that. And I still found myself in an abusive relationship. But my retrospect is, I was a product of a generational curse. I experienced the bullying that led into low self-esteem, promiscuity, poor relationships. So when I look back in my childhood and, and what I've experienced, it's no wonder. It, so I'm not surprised. It's unfortunate, but I'm not surprised. And that's what we have to come to terms with. So again, forgiving yourself, forgiving others and moving forward. Yeah. And you also said heal, which I think is important because yeah. we got to deal with the heal the trauma that's yes. that's happening and forgive. 
They are two separate things. Absolutely. Yeah. It's traumatizing when you're being isolated by your colleagues. It's traumatizing, you know, having someone who professed that they love you, punch you in the stomach or slap you across the face or demean you. It's traumatizing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you do with it? Mike, even just microaggressions of oppression of any sort of women, of black people, of, you know, LGBTQ. I mean, every little, every little instance that takes away your, your, uh, your worthiness, right? right? Your worthiness is an aggression that we need to heal from. Yes. Yes. I totally agree, Sean. And and it's small things that can really be even, you know, it doesn't have to be huge things. So I think it's really, you're right. We do need to do before the brave, the big brave yeses can happen. Sometimes we have to do the work on ourselves absolutely doing the work you experience it how do you prevent it from happening again and that only comes from healing i discovered a three-phase process i had to acknowledge what i was in i had to restore my broken soul and then ultimately i had i forgave and that forgiveness it took time because you're holding on to it. it's like i don't want to i'm not giving them the satisfaction yeah but again that forgiveness is not always for the other person. It's for you. Yeah. It's and for that you. is part of the healing process. Yes. Beautiful. Okay. So I'm going to fire off um, some questions so we can get to know you a little bit better. These are the questions that I ask all of our guests. What does brave yes mean to you? Brave yes means to me having the courage and the gumption to put myself first. Yeah. I love the word gumption. It's one of my favorite words. <laughs> so thank you for bringing it up. <laughs> What's a favorite life adventure that you've experienced? And what is a future life adventure you would like to experience when the world starts to cooperate? Oh, good gracious. Um, <laughs> there's so many great life adventures that okay. I have. I had a very fruitful military career. Um, on, okay, can I give two? A yeah, sure. sure. A personal, uh, the brave yes, you know, or adventure was becoming a mom, having my son. Because uh, someone with low self-esteem, who's now in a, an amazing marriage of over 13 years with a 10-year-old son. Mm. Those were the things that I wanted with people who didn't serve me well. So to have that adventure now, so my little girl or little Jennifer is enjoying a second lease on childhood because I have my son who challenges me to dance battles and rap contests and and everything else. And I'm seeing love and joy and peace in his eyes. And I'm a part of that. So that adventure that's on a personal note. On a professional note, I was given the honor of being William Penn, my senior, my high school, their 2018 commencement speaker. And it was at the Utz Arena. There were over 2,500 people. It was standing room only. And here I am in my master's you know, because I had earned my master's in management in my robe and everything, giving this commencement speech to these young 
men and women who are were about to graduate and set off into the world. That was the cherry on top. I don't care what other opportunities I get, Sean, to be the commencement speaker. Oh, yes. For my high school. You made it. Yeah, you made it. Yes. That was it. Yes. <laughs> I oh love it. Oh, it was amazing. You came full circle. Yes. I came full circle. Mm -hmm. I had to leave a community in order to make something of myself and then come back to give back to those who walk the hollow halls that I once did. Yes. Beautiful. Do you think, do you think if you had stayed in York, that would have ever happened? No. No. Isn't that funny I mean, how that works, that you have to leave to make something of yourself and then come home to your hometown? Absolutely. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, it is. What is a recent book or movie you've read or watched that has inspired you or that you love? <clears throat> I love the movie Glory. It's about the 50, uh, Massachusetts 54th Regiment in the Civil War. It was an all-black regiment. That was very inspiring. But if I, um, because it showed the will of those, those slaves, the runaway slaves, the former slaves, their will for freedom and to not be shackled down by anything or anyone. And if that meant fighting for their country, fighting for their freedom, shedding blood, dying for it, then so be it. And I think I sacrificed my life. I volunteered to go into the service. But I think your next question would be a person. Yes. Um, somebody that you admire for their courage and authenticity. So the person that I admire is Harriet Tubman. Um, I watched that movie, Harriet. And I've read books about her as well. But to experience everything that she experienced, you know, being knocked on the head unconscious and again, her fight and her will, her courage to be free. And many people, we take that for granted, but I'm like, until you have that taken away, you have no idea. And that's why I'm all about God, family, and country. I love this country. i I, many people, again, yeah, they take it for granted. And so when you look at those who come before us to run away in the middle of the night with dogs chasing you and people chasing you and jump, having to jump off of a bridge or just to all the obstacles and hiding in places and putting your trust, blind faith in people who abolitionists just simply extraordinary and to free over a, to come back to free family and friends and other people and I think as a motivational speaker and that's what I'm doing when I return back to my hometown mm -hmm. I had to leave to remove those shackles of what could be and what I was in dealing with to come back and say hey I made it. This is how I made it. This is the blueprint. Let me help you overcome your obstacles as well. Yes. 
I love that. It, it is amazing how all of us become captives, right? And in the life that we were given, doesn't matter what it was, like we just take it and that's what it is. And then you're, what you're expressing is that maybe there is something more for me. Yes. What is there? If there's something out, maybe there's something better. I don't yes. have to settle for that's what I was right. given. That's right. I don't have to settle on this plantation or uh, this this job that provides no satisfaction and is stealing my joy. And I'm working around negative people. I don't have to settle with this spouse that mistreats me and doesn't know the, my worth. I don't have to settle with my imposter inside that is always talking negative in my mind, telling me that I can't do something. So it's about that not settling. So you're right on point, Sean. Calling it out and not settling. Yeah, that's freedom. Absolutely. What advice, to wrap things up with our final question, what advice would you give to a woman who is in a similar position to any of your brave yeses, where she might be staring down, you know, uh, <laughs> the enemy <laughs> as you, you know, I mean, literally or figuratively, um, you know, what's the first step that she should take? Boy, um, great question. The first person, uh, the first step that a woman should take is knowing that she is fearfully and wonderfully made. When you realize that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, having regrets, settling, so I think those are the residuals. When you know that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, then that propels you to your brave yes, to where that is the first step, knowing who you are and your worth. Yes. I love that. Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing your Brave Yes stories. Um, how can our, yeah, it's been so great. How can our listeners connect with you? I would love for your listeners to connect with me. Uh, I'm all over social media. They just Google Jennifer Foxworthy or go on Facebook. I'm on Instagram, uh, LinkedIn. LinkedIn is a great tool. I have my website. So for my for-profit Inspirationally Speaking LLC, you can type in www.inspirationallyspeaking.com. Or if you want to know about my nonprofit 501c3 organization, Unstoppable You Ministries, you go to www.unstoppableyou, and that's Y-O-U, ministriesinc.org. And I would love to connect and support one another. Perfect. Thank you so, so much. You're very welcome, Sean. It's been a, it's been an absolute pleasure. You're so beautiful and amazing. Oh, you are too. 